Well, hey everyone, welcome to Unrestricted. I'm your host, Ben Lieber. Hope you guys are doing well. Boy, I've got a uh, got a special podcast for you. Switching it up right now, we're going to do an AMA. And as uh, my co-host pointed out during the show, that uh, I guess I assumed, I assumed everybody knew what AMA meant. It means ask me anything. And I use the example that I just figured everybody knows what BOGO means when they walk through the grocery store. So I apologize for all the people on social media when I was asking for your questions that uh, I wasn't more clear. AMA, this is an AMA episode, Ask Me Anything. And, and thank you guys out there for contributing and uh, playing along and sending me your questions on both Twitter and Instagram. So that's what this episode is all about. Whatever you guys wanted to know from me, my opinions on certain topics, uh, it could be about football or anything else that happens in my life and, and all around us. Uh, you want to get my perspective, you guys sent in those questions. So thank you guys so much. That's what this episode is about. It's about me with my co-host, my very lovely wife, Abby. Sat down on Unrestricted to co-host, to ask the questions, and uh, she made her debut. I think she was pretty nervous, but she didn't seem like it when she was on air. Uh, but that's what this episode is all about. So here it is. The Ask Me Anything version of the Unrestricted Podcast, co-hosted by my lovely wife, Abby. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, babe. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Did you ever think... That you're gonna be sitting down in front of a microphone across from me, doing this stupid podcast. I actually worried about it. Did you? I had a feeling that at some point you would have me do this, but I'm just glad these questions are about you, not me. Yes, but so. it yes, but it is my podcast, so I can take any of the any of these questions or anything that comes up, and I can turn them right back. No, on you. <laughs> that's where I draw the line. And see, when I hit the button that says record, which we are right now, yeah, I can't stop. So you are you are going to be bound contractually to answer said questions. This is a little bit like truth serum. Little did I let you know, and I put it out on Twitter and Instagram that I was doing this AMA with you. Um, this is actually all just a ruse. This is a sit down with just you. You know that. You know how pissed I'd be if that was the case. What if The that look was... on your face, you're like, you son of a bitch. What if, though? I would get like a, a probably a great Valentine's present for that, right? From who? You. Oh. Oh. I thought yeah, you mentioned the anyway. listeners for being yeah. such a good sport. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yes, I've uh, I've compiled a bunch of questions. Some were repeated, so I just took. So I do apologize for everybody out there that did participate. That I did not just forget your question or voluntarily just pass over your question. Some of them were repeat questions, so I just took one of them and I gave one person credit. So I apologize about that. So don't get all, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad. Okay. Don't get mad at me. So this is the AMA. You are uh, all. I wrote down a bunch of questions that people had, Abby, but it's up to you. You are the co-host. You can pick and choose. You don't have to go down. <laughs> you don't list? have to go down the list. The questions are just there. So as you were rereading it or looking over when I gave it to you, if there's ones that you want to talk about, 
then fine. If there's ones that you don't want to discuss or ask me, fine. Okay. It's up to you. Okay. 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 I got it. I got this. Are you wanting me to ask the Twitter ones all together? You can ask. And the Instagram ones all next? You can ask any format in any way that you want. <laughs> there are no rules. Okay. There are no rules. This is the beauty of the podcast. There are no rules. So you can bounce back and forth too. Okay. I got it. Um, So I'll start with your Twitter ones. How about that? Okay. That works. You want me to do that? Okay. Okay. Here we go. From our, this is our first question on the list from Jonathan Brown. And it says, how well has your body held up? Chronic pain? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear this. Oh, boy. Um, and you can attest to this a little bit. So I was actually pretty fortunate not to be banged up too bad playing football. You'd say that, right? Right. Yeah. Consider, I mean, considering the people that we know and other injuries that mm-hmm. people have sustained. Correct. I was never really down and out for very long. No. Nope. And you weren't a big baby either. That's good. I, d- I mean, I didn't think so. You might, you are more of a baby now. Oh come on! Than you were when you played. But keep going. Um, <laughs> so my body is holding up well. Uh, to go through a quick list of injuries. Let's see here. I, in the best way possible to describe it, I broke my right foot in San Diego. Played on it for a year plus. And then after I got my ass benched by Sean Merriman, I said, (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, screw you guys. I'm going to go ahead and get my foot surgery done going into free agency so I can be healthy in free agency. So I had a foot surgery then. And let's see, with the Vikings, I had some neck issues that still give me problems. And I tore my PCL against the Chicago Bears, I believe, in 2006. And that has given me some knee problems, some bone-on-bone issues. But other than that, that's it. Yeah, I know. Now you're just old. Yeah, now I'm just old. I know. Just now I just throw my back out like everybody else. What a deal. Speaking of Sean Merriman, did we get to say anything about him? Yeah, we can How talk about him. Did you like him? What was going on there? Um, maybe there's a backstory, or you know, maybe people don't know who he is. Or I actually want to get Sean on this podcast. You should. And I think that he would do it now because we've sort of reconnected in the last couple years. Yeah. But more so because uh, one of my teammates, obviously you know Abby, Donnie Edwards has put together a linebacker text thread, group of guys, all the linebackers right. from, from the San Diego Charger days, some of a couple guys I don't think I even played with. But anyway, um, Sean's a part of that text thread. So because of that, we're a little bit more in constant contact. We've seen each other at a few football events as we're covering games, and we're cool with each other now. But there definitely was anim- there definitely was animosity, yeah, beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so to give everybody the background on that is Sean was Sean was drafted. So we changed to a three four defense going into the two thousand four season. And I was not necessarily a 3-4 outside linebacker. I tried to make the best of it under Wade Phillips, and I actually had a pretty good year in 2005. And Marty Schottenheimer even said to me after the season, hey, this is the best year you've ever had. Now, I probably read into that a little bit too much when he <laughs> says, my goodness, that was, you know, you had a great, great season, fantastic season. 
Yeah, in all in perspective, in my three years in San Diego, it was the best I'd played. But that doesn't mean that they still weren't looking to upgrade. Right, and plus Marty was just a nice guy. He yeah, probably Marty was just going to say that anyway. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, <laughs> he was. A, he was a pretty nice guy. But I looked in the into that as, well, I've got this. I've got this thing licked. I'm going to go into my. I'm going to go into my contract year in 2005 and. I'm just going to, it's just going to take off. I'm just going to get better in this new defense and whatever. And then um, you and I, I don't even know what we were doing the the day of the NFL draft, but then I, I, I was I, just, I remember we were at home. Yeah, we were at home. Mm-hmm. I know, but yeah. we weren't, it's not like we were, Mm-mm. it's, uh, here's the stupid thing is I wasn't even paying attention to all the draft rumors. And I don't think that we had, you know, social media did, didn't exist right. then. Not like that. Mm-hmm. Not like that. So you kind of had to go out and search a lot of this information. So I didn't even know that they're looking to upgrade at my position. All right. So I was caught off guard when the first round <laughs> draft pick came in. It was Sean Merriman out of Maryland. Why does that not surprise me about you? I know. Especially back then. I know. But then then it took me, you know, it didn't take me long to figure out, oh, well, they're not going to replace Steve Foley, who's on the other side. And Sean Merriman's not an inside linebacker. So they probably brought him in to compete with me. Right. So I did not like Sean for that reason, <clears> but <throat> I I say that in jest. I know it wasn't his fault. I mean, the right. team drafted yeah. him. But here's where Sean and I, I think, kind of went sideways. And I think if I ever have Sean on this podcast, I'll even bring this up, and it's not like I'm scared to bring this up, but he was not an approachable guy. Hmm. So when he got to the team, he was kind of too cool for school guy. He right. was wearing sunglasses in the building. Um he would not really talk to anybody. He just had this air of cockiness and standoffness that that I not only I did I felt that a lot of people felt as well. They're like, who is this guy? Right. He would walk the way it was. Our our facility with the Chargers was sort of like a shotgun house. So it went from it went from locker room, walking down the hallway, right into the shower room, right into the training room that goes into the weight room. Now, there's an out and around way that you can get there to bypass all that stuff, but all the players just kind of walked through that main walkway. And I don't know how many times, because keep in mind, I'm in the training room a lot because I'm nursing a broken foot, which they didn't tell me I had a broken foot at the time. And Sean would come walking through with the sunglasses on, his head cocked to the ceiling, and just strutting through the training room, going to the weight room all the time. Right. This was before, I think, before it was cool. That happens now. He was just sort of like everybody you mean with there, the sunglasses on. Well, I just mean like everybody there was kind of a they're not they're not like a good old boy. I don't mean it like that, but they weren't that way. And he was probably, I think, probably your first taste of that way. Yeah, I would say if you go into a locker room now, what do you see? <clears throat> or facility yeah, now, maybe. what do you see? But it, it was just unusual at the time, maybe to you. Well, it was unusual to me at the time, yes, because I was still new in the league, going into my fourth year, and I haven't seen all the personalities come out. And you're the least flashy person. Right. But it wasn't just me. It was everybody felt the same thing. Yeah, right. Everybody felt the same. Everybody felt the same sort of vibe from him. Well, you didn't get that vibe from LaDainian Tomlinson. No. Or Drew or whoever. No. You didn't get that vibe from Junior. Junior was the exact opposite. Yeah. Remember how, remember what Junior's personality was like? So Junior Seau was the opposite. He was like, arms wide open, let's all go have fun, let's be friends with everybody. That was not Sean. Correct. So anyway, making this a long story, but Sean basically (laughs) was kind of standoffish. And 
And then, um, you know, he's competing. You know, they put him right behind me on the depth chart, and I know what that means. You know, I know that he's got to sort of earn it, but he's a first-round draft pick. So, right. you know. So the, the thing that really pissed me off, I think you've heard me tell this story a lot, is because they're rookies, they had to stay in the hotel down the street, about a mile, maybe less than a mile from Charger Park. Remember that? Wait, remember that hotel? live there? Well, is that what you mean? during training camp, they they didn't have any accommodation. Oh, right. So during training camp, and for actually most of the off season into training camp, that's where they put all the rookies because right. like they didn't have housing. Extended stay thing. Yeah, that extended yeah. stay hotel down the road right. from uh, from Charger Park. Right. Well, I was coming from that direction. I don't know why, going to practice, and he was walking on the road on the street. Oh right. Oh my God, I know this story now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, oh, that's that's. That's Sean. So I pull over and I'm like, hey man, you need a ride. It's training camp. You know, I don't I don't want anybody to walk when they don't have to walk. We do enough running around at practice. So he gets in my car, barely says even hi to me. We drive, you know, the the one minute down the road, two minutes down the road to get to Charger Park. We get out, we I park, we get out. Doesn't say a fucking word to yeah, me. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> I remember you came home and t- told me that afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, I just I just stopped and gave you a ride <laughs> just to be nice. And you didn't even say thank you. Oh, my God. Didn't even acknowledge me. It was like. You'll have to ask him. I wonder if he remembers that. Maybe. Like if you were to ask him. So that, that pissed later. me off. Then I'm like, we're done. Yeah. Like, it's over. We're not even. So no, it's, it's, no more chances. Yeah. It's game on. I'm not helping you. Because the whole time the coaches are like, hey, man, you got to be a good teammate. You got We're going to bring this guy in. And, you know. You're you're a smart guy. You're a cerebral guy. You understand our defense. You know if he's got questions, you we want you to be that guy, which is such a bullshit thing that they ask you to do. Like right. we want we want you to help groom the guy that's going to take your position. Right. Exactly. And then they but, but then that they, happens in all business. It's I know, but then they weird. pin it on you yeah. as if you're being a bad teammate because you don't want to help out the guy that's going to take your job. Correct. <laughs> you know yeah, that's weird. So then at that point I'm like, screw but you. But did you um, like his um, celebration dance? His lights out dance. Yeah. I didn't mind. <laughs> I didn't mind. <laughs> I didn't, I, that part of it, I didn't mind and that part of it. it. And the thing is, I knew he was good. Mm-hmm. He was good. It didn't take me very long to realize, oh shit, this guy's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, he was good. He was just um, a lot. He was just a lot. Yeah. He was a lot and he was not approachable. And I think that I was fine. I'd be fine if I lost my job to, to somebody that was more talented, but also more humble about it. Right. And he was Because that, that team really did have a lot of nice guys on it. Yeah. And so he. Yeah, he definitely didn't fit that stereotype when he got there. Or just didn't appear that way, I guess. He might have been nice, but he didn't let you even figure that out. Yeah. No, he what didn't even say? let yeah. he didn't let me into that. And I would be curious to know like what his mindset was. Yeah, you know, right was now, did yeah. he did he get the did was he given the advice going in the league that you've got to be the toughest son of a bitch out there and it's like the the new fish in a prison. Like you just have to go in there and act like you Is that a running. term? The new fish in a prison. Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. Okay, new, wait. New fish? You said something we were talking, and it's just a dumb thing, but I want you to, because there are people that listen to you, or friends maybe of mine, that wouldn't know what a 3-4, what a 3-4 defense is. Would you okay. say that? You just yeah, said it. You say it like everyone knows. Maybe people just are following you on Instagram or Twitter because, I don't know, they like you, no, but they don't a, know anything about football. No, that's a good so point. So what is that? Just say it. That's a good point. Quick you don't have yeah. a long story. No, though. so basically the the three the first number represents the number of guys that are on the line of scrimmage on the defensive line. So if it's a four, three, 
there's four guys generally with their hand in the ground. And then there are three linebackers that are off the ball behind them. In a 3-4, it's just the opposite. It's three guys with their hands in the dirt and then four linebackers. And those four linebackers, you have two guys on the the edges on the line of scrimmage and then two guys that are middle linebackers. So it's that's that's you. all it is. It's yeah. just the way that you sort of align the defensive line. Right. Well, you just yeah. talk so casually. All casually. these uh, casually with all these football terms and I don't know that everybody knows them. Did you know that? Yeah. But I remember back when we lived in San Diego that I had a book or something. Somebody's Holly Robinson Pete is that her name? Yeah. She wrote like a football book and I remember reading it being like, "Oh, that's what that's what that means." Yeah. I didn't learn it from you. Well, yeah. Like it was basic. I guess we never really talked about no. Stuff like that at home. Right. So I think I learned, yeah, I learned that from the book. <laughs> one, the one book I read in my life. Yeah. I feel like more, I feel like more men and women are just casual fans need to read a book like that even now. Yeah. Maybe the basics? Yeah. I mean, just the basics. The basic what terminology. What did you write one? Well, I Would have you to read, ever write a I book? Have to, I have to um, read Holly Robinson's, Robinson Pete's book It's first. old now. I know, but, but I want to see what, what. I think it was like geared maybe for women. I don't remember exactly. I don't know the time, the title of it even. But yeah, now, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of football for dummies. But I don't. Yeah. I guess I'd have to read them to figure out. Yeah. is this I think packaged I the right it. way? Yeah, Are they no, saying no. the right things? I need terminology's kind of changed. Like I don't know this game. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on. Sure. We don't want Sean Merriman's information to be the like old podcast, right? No, we got we got. <laughs> there's lots so of much time. more. Lots of okay. time. You're going to be here for hours. Oh my gosh, I'm afraid of that. I don't have time for this, Ben. Okay, Mediocre Gatsby says, or asks, how aware was the team in 2009, in the 2009 NFC Championship game, that Saints were intentionally, what does that say? I know, my handwriting says. What the hell, Ben? Something to hurt Favre. Intentionally trying? trying? Is that the God, that yeah. says trying? Yeah, maybe. I just I can't even ask the question. Let me start over. How aware was the team in 2009 uh, during the NFC Championship game that the Saints were intentionally trying to hurt Favre? None. And what were they really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard the that. Whole but were they really? Thing, the whole Bounty Gate thing, you know, was a thing afterwards. Um, and there was an investigation, and then there was all the stuff about the players and coming out saying that yeah their the coordinator you know did talk about putting a bounty on on Favre or other players to hurt them and whatever and whatever and he a lot of it was it depends on who you talk to whether or not you actually believe that that happened but were we aware of it at the time no we had no awareness that any sort of quote-unquote bounty was being put on Favre or any other players we just thought we all understood what playoff football is and playoff football is it's faster it's tougher it's rougher um Guys are truly giving it their all because if they lose, you're done for the season and you've got nothing but time in the offseason. So it really is, you play as if it's your last snap. So we knew that, and I just think that we thought there was some unnecessary hits on him, but we didn't think there was a bounty on him. Right. You know, we just thought yep. they were just playing hard playoff football. So, so your answer is? The answer is, is no. Not aware. Or not you, aware. You at least weren't anyway. Not aware. And it, was, it, and it wasn't like, Everything the investigation came out with in the end with Greg Williams and his tough talk and he would say stuff not in this particular game but other games they caught him on 
video and audio saying, you know, we got we got to take this guy. He's like, uh, it's like you got to take the head of the snake. You kill the head of the snake. You take off the chop off the head of the snake. The snake dies. And he would say stuff like that. Um, he said something about going after a guy that's injured because they're looking at the injury report. And there was a tight end that had, I think it was a tight end that had an ankle or knee injury. And he said something, you know, we got to attack that guy because right. he's banged up. I'm like, well, that's just. That's what just, you do. That's just coach, like the yeah, coach it's just, talk. Yeah, it's just coach talk. Yeah. Really good answer. Barb will be happy to hear that. This podcast is supported by my friends at Redmond Real Salt. Let's just get this out of the way right now. Go to redmond.life. That's redmond.life. Use the promo code LIBER, L-E-B-E-R, for 15% off your order every time you order from redmond.life. Redmond Real Salt is an ancient sea salt mined right here in Redmond, Utah. I say right here as in the United States. It's not transported from the Himalayas or South America or something like that. It's made right here in the United States. Mixed with my jug of water, it's how I naturally hydrate every morning. I use it as a natural seasoning in all of our cooking, and I also use the Relight pre-workout mix to enhance all of my workouts. Its purity is simply unmatched. There's no additives. Uh, there's no sugar. They only use natural flavoring. Plus, get this, it contains over 65 natural minerals to give your body everything it needs for health, wellness, and activity. It's Redmond Real Salt. Go to redmond.life and use that promo code LIBER. <laughs> M- Miriam Ring, if that's a G. I think that's a G. That you it's said. a G, yeah. At what point was the NFL in your future? Do you remember a time? I remember a time, but and you know this, that that time that I thought the NFL was in my future was not as a young child. Correct. You have said Correct. that. Correct. Many times. Because you were what? Were you? Because I was fat and <laughs> unathletic <laughs> and not thinking about anything about professional sports. And were you a big fat baby? And I was a baby. Yeah. Okay. I was a big fat baby. So, who, so I've heard. Who quote unquote ran away from home several times. But I would just run down the block and hide and just want the attention of them looking for me. <laughs> right. I would, I, I had, yes, mm. I would pout. Okay. I would pout. I could see but, how that could be. But hold on. The case. Hold, but hold on. As an adult. No. <laughs> no. That's, that's ridiculous. I don't know if I get to say that. You can say that. Okay. But I wish you had some context. I'm not going to, no, I'm not giving any examples. I can just But I would say, but here's, but hear me out here. I was, I was the youngest boy. I had two older brothers. And we lived in a neighborhood at the time in Albia, Iowa, in which I it was me and this other kid, other boy, that were the youngest on the whole block. So the age separation was five or six years between me and the oldest boys. And we just tried to tag along, and we just wanted to be a part of the whole group. But we got picked on all the time. Yes. All the time. Yeah. It was so Probably frustrating. Probably because you were a baby. Maybe. What if you but were? They were some what if of them you weren't were just, a baby and you were like just cool, and then they wouldn't have picked on you? I know, but everything was <laughs> everything <laughs> touche, uh-huh. touche. But everything was everything was sports derived. We made our right. own. We made our own neighborhood Olympics to pass the time in the summertime. We had games like that. We play lion tag in the streets. We do all sorts of stuff. We play wiffle ball, rag ball, everything. We played every, we played every sport, and me and the other kid always got our ass kicked. Always. And so it was frustrating when they would just make fun of us and we would get our ass kicked 
And then I'd be like, screw you guys. I'm out here. I'm not leaving. I'm running away. <laughs> and then I go run away. And then I was fat and I'd get hungry. And oh, I knew God. the dinner time was coming. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't hold out for long because my stomach's growling. So yeah, I better so come I out to from, come this, home. Yeah. from this mulberry bush and come So, home. okay, back to your question, though. What At what point again? was the NFL in your future? Do you remember a time? Uh, when I, I met would, you, I don't feel like you knew that. No. I'm, yeah, because you and I met, you and I met uh, our fresh, my freshman year, your sophomore year at K State. Right. And um, <clears throat> no, football was NFL was not on my mind at that point in time. I was just trying to, I was trying to make it off ap- academic probation in college my first semester and retain my scholarship because that got threat that was threatened to get that taken away. If I had known that about you, I might not have dated you, or if I had originally <laughs> what, known that. What about that you. I had a one point eight my yeah. first. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that now, <laughs> but if I'd known that then. You couldn't tell just from meeting me that I was a complete meathead. Like that didn't. No, I knew that because you only wore the team issued, like outfits, like sweatpants and the shoes and all the things like that. So I already knew that about you, but I just didn't know you were dumb dumb too. But why wouldn't I wear this free gear? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It just was a lot, and it was big, oversized. Yeah, it was just a lot walking in a door. Yeah. So like, you were huge also, now that I look back at it. Oh, my gosh. The, pi- the pictures <laughs> of looking back. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. And then you had on that all that gear. I just remember being like, I don't think I can date him. I don't think I can date the guy that's in that outfit in my class. Like, And he shaves his head. What? What is that? So, I had anyway. so many strikes against me. You did. That. And you. I didn't know. Well, I mean, it's a good thing I didn't know, or I probably that would have been the final straw. He's a 1.8 whatever. <laughs> I'd have been like, nope, <laughs> done. <laughs> There's no future for this guy. But again, in my defense, yeah. right? What? my defense, I was taking <laughs> prereq classes for mechanical engineering. Which cracks me up that you even were, or that anyone even Why? like guided I, you into I can't that hang path. a picture on the wall. <laughs> that too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's actually funny. No, so to answer the question, my... My thought of playing in the NFL probably didn't happen until going into my junior year of college. And then it wasn't until after I saw the older guys going. Right. You know, some of the older older guys on my team that were getting drafted and stuff. And I was like, well. Well, and it probably wasn't. People, agents were contacting you or trying to or however that worked yeah. out. So you probably really didn't even know about it until that started happening, truthfully. I mean. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Until I started getting some of the correspondence from some right. agents and people. I was like, well, wow, why, why are they taking an interest in me? Do I actually really have a chance to go? And I didn't know that behind the scenes there was all the all the grading systems and scouting and all that stuff that takes place before you even know it. Right. And so I was put on some sort of list. Right. Think about this now. This is a different question. This is my own off of that. Like, think about that then when you played. You, there was, you were unaware of that stuff. And the grading system was probably like in a, magazine or whatever you'd pick up or you know just wasn't done like it is today so think about being an athlete today and having that like in front of your face social media all at your fingertips all you know what I mean what do you Mm -hmm. that's such a different way of going into a professional scenario than the way you did it you had you didn't even know Mm -hmm. like you didn't even know what you didn't know does that seem weird to you now or would that just be like we've just come along and that's just what everybody's doing so it's not even weird I think there's going to, I'm going to butcher this word because I never know how to say it. Um, I think there's a certain aspect of, I'll just say being naive. I was going to try to say 
nativity. Oh, I know that Na- word. Nativity? Nativity? I don't know. <laughs> there's a certain aspect. I think there's a certain aspect of being naive to the situation that helps you out. I think the kids are, I think kids nowadays are too hyper aware of, of self-promotion and what that can do. And I think they get a conflated idea of how people view them, scouts and whatever. They just think that because they have a huddle account and they, they come up with a sweet highlight clip with some awesome banging music right. that all of a sudden now I'm going to be this, I'm going to get all these offers coming through the door. And they, they fail to realize that their little digital file gets lost between the millions of other kids now that have access to this program that they didn't have access to before at such a younger age and you just get lost in the shuffle again. So I think it becomes really frustrating for these parents and these kids because there's almost too much of it and they're yeah. too, and they're too focused on it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, I mean, I don't think we have any um, football players in our future at our house, but it will be interesting to it's see. It's not looking like it. No, it's not. Unless <laughs> <laughs> I'm the next one. I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, it is. I don't think so, but it is a, I just think it's so interesting that you went into this completely clueless. Like it feels like that's two times you've almost mentioned that in this little bit of a time that we've had here. Yeah. Just kind of being unaware. Yeah. Just totally unaware. And then now I feel like, you know, so many people are hyper aware of, I know of all, it's just an, it's a study. I also don't think that it was ever, you know, that's the thing at, at Kansas state under Bill Snyder, he was so anti preparation for the NFL in in a good way. Like he didn't want guys focusing on the next step before they took care of what was right in front of them. Like he really, he really tried to drill us and made us focus on just the present and what it's going to take to get good today. And so he, I mean, scouts and agents hated dealing with Kansas state and Bill Snyder because you'd never let them in the building. He'd never let them talk to players. He never come in. He never let them watch practice or watch film. He was like, no, they're college players. Right. Deal with them when they're done with their eligibility. And so I think that also kind of shielded me from the idea. How that crazy that that's all changed. That's all So changed. much in yeah. that short amount of time. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yep. I think that would just be really weird now. Like to go to college and have that whole, like that whole, what you can get paid, you know, like the whole thing. of All of it's crazy to me now. I know. It's, it was so kind of like basic. I guess when you went to when you played, I think it was simpler, and was I think it was better. Well, because now, well, think about it now. If you're if you're a college kid, and let's say you're going out for college track and field, and you're running your hurdles like you did in high school, <laughs> and let's say that you're let's say you're a Division One, well, you're a scholarship Division One hurdler at Oregon, you right. know, some great track program. You're now focused on well, what's my NIL deal going to be? Right. What what company is going to come and sponsor me? So. So in the end, Bill Snyder, as frustrated as you were when you left there, just that it was like, you know, just college football and whatever, as all of you Militaristic. Yeah. Now looking back, good? No, I mean, looking back now is great. Yeah. No, looking back, I think- It's kind of like looking back on your childhood and being like, oh, my parents weren't so bad. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my parents were assholes and they were tough on us and they didn't let us do anything and they put restrictions on everything we're doing, but then you- realize oh yeah they did that for a good reason right i think so that's like that's bill okay next one you ready yeah this is funny what profession oh wait this is from nick hammer Hammer. what profession would you pursue if you hadn't gone to the nfl man i even wrote down that question for you because i was organizing all these questions um 
And I couldn't think of one even then. Of like an answer of what you'd be doing? I couldn't think of an answer then. Um, so it's still, a, you it's know. still, it's still, you know, knowing what I know now, I think I would have done something that had to be somewhat physical. Like? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, um, I don't want to say law enforcement or like a firefighter, but something in that realm where I was not in an office building. Right. Would you, you be know? completely out of sports? I don't know. That's the thing. If I don't you hadn't gone to the NFL is where it starts. So yeah, if like if you had just NFL, picked it coming out of college and you weren't like a you hadn't played football or gone into the NFL. Yeah. Right. What would you do? Well yeah. if I like I said, knowing what I know now about myself, I think I would have had to do something physical. Mm-hmm. But if I put myself in the frame of mind of back when I was in college and I was just going through the, the career fairs and job fairs and I, cause I still did all that stuff right? going into my senior year. Cause I just didn't know. I remember getting quote unquote courted by Coke industries. Right. Because they had a big presence at K-State. Yeah. And They're I'm from like, Wichita, Kansas, aren't they? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think. And I'm like, well, you weren't going to probably be the person that was like putting the cement. Down no, I on know the that, but I'm like, or whatever. Would, would my career path really had been working for a huge industry, a huge company that right. was selling asphalt around the world? Maybe. I don't know. You know, yeah, I like, don't that see you sounds, like that either. But I, that like I think you would have found me. your way to sports, but I don't know how you would have done that. I just still think you would have, you would have made your way to sports. Which brings me to my follow-up question: Why did you not go into coaching? After you played, like so many people do. Mm-hmm. Did you? How did you know you didn't want to do that? I think I saw. I think I saw too many of the 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 costs associated associated with that, like with family and the toll and the lifestyle. I mean, you saw it. I mean, you yeah, you were involved in it. You saw all the stuff pretty much firsthand. Coaches. Come and go. Um, I was involved in it, meaning I've saw it. I didn't you tell saw, you, yeah. You couldn't be a no, coach. you, but no, but I think you, <laughs> but you, no, but you saw the lifestyle. Correct. Yeah. And the lifestyle is one, and I think this is the toughest part about coaching is you could be a tremendous coach and a tremendous teacher, but if the guys go out there on Saturday or Sunday and shit the bed, it's a bad reflection on right. you, and so it's really kind of out of your control. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I think not having that control would drive me crazy. Yeah. That I would go through the course of the week, grinding, being away from the family, having zero life, burning it from both ends, and then to go out there and A, be on a losing team, or my position group is not performing well. Um, and constantly moving, or potentially Yeah, and then moving, moving every two or three years, and... So I don't know. I just think that with our young family at the time, it just didn't yeah. make sense. Would you ever do it later in, now or later? I think I'd have to set certain parameters. I just don't know if I want to. Like, yeah. this is actually a question I'm going to turn back on you because what? you're much more of the adventurer than I am. Would you be at this stage in our, in our lives with our with Ames being 13 and the boys 10 and 7? We all have birthdays coming up for them. But... Would you want a lifestyle knowing that in three years 
we'd have to move. Or even even look at our friend's case and Farwell's case. He was in Carolina for one year. Right. He took a job in I, Buffalo. No, I don't think I would want that to happen while our kids were their ages. But I think like maybe when they're out of school, but then you'd be kind of old. But, but well, that's that, the thing. That would be easier unless home base was a warm, beautiful place. <laughs> and then I would just stay there and you could go do your coaching and then keep the kids there and keep them in school. Right? That's easy. Yeah, but that but that's not but that would no, have I, know, I would have like no contact. I with would have kids. a hard time with that doing that here if you were like coaching somewhere else and we didn't actually move there with you and it was warm and amazing, like say I don't know, Florida or Yeah, but you gotta think for whatever a good six to seven months out of the year. I have no time to come see you. Guys. I know, and you guys would have. I know, to come it wouldn't see be me. great. No, I, this is what I'm saying. Just do it later if you're going to do it, please. But if I wait till Wells is out of the house, it's 11 years from now. Perfect. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna hire, <laughs> nobody's gonna hire an entry level 50, Perfect. mid 50s year old. Yeah. That yeah. hey, I guys, I just got an itch to yeah. go coach. I know. That's well, um, that's yeah. Me. I'm 54 years old. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I think yeah. Well, I, I don't. You never know. You never know. I'm not telling you to do it. That's just when I think the time is right. Is then. Right. But you basically answered my question yeah, as well. Is that it? it's coaching is hard. Yeah. Coaching is hard on families. Mm-hmm. And I know I know that there's a lot of coaches that do make it work, but there's an awful lot that can't make it work. And we've right. seen where the kids been, hate their dad or the yeah, I know. That does happen. Yeah. You basically have an absolute It can happen father. anyway though. But I know it can happen in other businesses, <laughs> but I feel like in other businesses you have a little bit more control of your your output. If you're if you're a a high level vice president or something like that of a company, I feel like for the most part you're in control of your production. Well, you and you can't work from home as a coach, so that doesn't happen. Right. You know? Yeah. In this day and age, we could have yeah, you can yeah. just work from home. Yeah. So okay. Um, moving on. Alejandro said, uh, "What are your good and bad memories about San Diego? Would that be about playing there, or would that just be about living there?" You well, could, probably you could both. You see it two I different guess. ways. Yeah. I guess. Pro- I mean, okay. You can and- you answer it both then? Yeah, because I want to hear your your answer as well. <laughs> um, I don't feel like there's a lot of negatives on the outside of football right. lifestyle. Right. I think it is, and you and I have talked about this even being pro- possibly a destination for us when we're empty nesters, as far as at least being snowbirds. Um, I think San Diego kind of has the best of everything. It's, it's got the best climate, hands down the best climate. Mm-hmm. Um, you have mountains, you have ocean, you have desert. The cost of living sucks. I would say that's probably the biggest thing. As a family, I think the cost of living would be a big detriment. But as far as empty nesters and snowbirds and you just had a small place, a condo or whatever you can come right. back and forth to, I think it'd be very manageable. You're getting off track. It says memories. Oh, I thought they were just saying like. I mean, you can tell us how you feel about it now. Well, okay. Memory. So the memory. So the memories are. It's. <laughs> so, the memories are. So it's sort of idyllic. Okay. Yeah. But in the the bad stuff, I would say is. Um. I think for us being a like being at that time being so far away from all of both of our families was kind of an issue. I mean, I think that does that was that kind of sucked at times. Like we just. People just couldn't fly in and out to see us a lot. See, we were, for you and I being fresh out of college, it was a little bit 
we're just kind of thrown out to the wolves. Like, all right, just go be adults now. Right. Um, the team wise, team wise, the bad memories are we just we had some good competitive teams, but we were just never we could never get over the top. And you know, I don't know. It was I got shipped out of there. I mean, you know, the bad memory is they didn't want me anymore. You know, as much as a player, you want to stick around and you're happy someplace. Right. <clears throat> they didn't want me any, anymore, and that so that kind of that sucked and that kind of hurt was right. You know, especially the first year when you're still getting to know your new team in Minnesota, but you still have long-lasting memories and the relationships back in San Diego. And they were good that next year. I don't know if you remember was that. Was it without you? Is that why? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. mean, is, are you but the I think reason? But they, they ended up making it left? to the AFC Championship yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And we were in a hotel, I think, driving oh, back gosh. to San Diego or something because you and I drove every offseason back, back and forth to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And... We, I think we are in some shit motel. Why are we in those shitty motels? Because of our Great Danes. <laughs> um, and yeah. the game was on. And I remember praying and hoping that they lost the game because I was like, they cannot go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. the year after yeah. I'm out. I don't even remember that. Probably because it was a shitty motel and I was like trying to forget it while I was in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So let me flip that question back on to you. Yeah. Good and bad memories of San Diego. From from uh from your perspective as a like, player's yeah. wife yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I think it was the organization I thought was great because I thought the owners and the Schottenheimers did a great job of including all of the women. So you weren't just um a wife or a girlfriend of a player that, you know, whatever that had no, no other part of anything and they made it a lot of fun and kept everybody together blah 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 and so for me that was good because you know just like you I moved there not knowing anybody and then the only way I met people was if I met them through you or they were our neighbors so there was that stuff so that was kind of nice I guess if I had to look back about a good memory of while when you played there the weather was lovely the stadium sucked <laughs> Yeah, so but I, I had club so, seats and it was great. So I get like asked that. that question all the time, though. Yeah. About Qualcomm. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've never sat really in Qualcomm before. I mean, it was just a cement. I felt it felt like a cement, like a parking garage or something. You know, like you even walked up those swirly things to get to your seat. Yeah. And I don't know. It the just access felt like, ramps. Yeah, it felt like you were in a parking garage or something. But it was a stadium. The only nice part about it is that the weather was nice. And we had club seats, and you know, that was nice. But the general stadium. But then I. But then we moved here, and it was the Metrodome, which was not much better. No, that was pretty was, awful. To be Metrodome honest, the Metrodome was sort of like Qualcomm with the dome. Mm-hmm. The it was bad. Actually, I think that was maybe worse from a stadium standpoint. But what do I, I mean? I'm not playing in it. But yeah. to go there, yeah, it was gross. Remember? Do you remember the game, the Raiders game? Where they, this was before you were in the club section. Threw batteries or whatever at people? No, no, that was at their stadium. Oh. Throw batteries at us. Remember you said that some guy got... Oh, yeah, somebody did get stabbed. Do you remember <laughs> that? Did you tell that story? I remember. I don't remember the details of it. No, we just saw it happen. Or like we saw it happen in the aftermath of it. But it wasn't like, I don't know, there was a fight or something going on. It was just, there was always kind of that crap happening too. It was a little bit like... <laughs> it was a little... <laughs> wild from that standpoint i think i don't know it just felt a little uh ugh, i don't know 
every man for himself just to go to the games. I don't, but I don't, listen, I, none of that happened to me, but. No, but it's a different, you know, it's a different atmosphere. It. It's a different it was, culture. Yeah, it was a totally different feel. It didn't feel very refined, you could say, but it was still fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. from a, so you liked, obviously liked the climate. Mm-hmm. The organization was good. Mm-hmm. I'd move back like tomorrow or maybe yesterday. Right. I did love it there. Um, we were told we were going to love it there. And then we got there and we're like, wait, what? Because we mostly only saw like where you practiced kind of, I feel like at first. And I yeah. was like, this is not what I thought San Diego was. And then the, obviously the more you live there and more you figure it out and whatever, it's kind of amazing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but it that, would be hard back to your point would be, I think it'd be hard to um, raise kids there, but I don't really know why I say that necessarily because it's not easy to raise kids probably anywhere. So just in general, I don't know, but yeah. it does seem, I don't really know. It's so spread out too. I, there's just, there's, it has, it has its cons, but yeah. the driving part of that, you'd be in the car well, remember you way and I, more, I think. Remember you and I looking that when I got drafted, we were looking in that spring for a place to stay a home. Yeah. And you know, we had, nobody was telling us like, what are, what are good areas to, to look at and whatever. Oh and God, we, we looked at, at some terrible. Oh my God, we looked at some horrible. Do you, do you remember the one where we went to go, we showed up and the people, there was like somebody asleep on the couch and there Wasn't were beer that, cans everywhere. Yeah, I think that was the Claremont neighborhood I don't or know, something. but we were like, we can't do, I don't want to move here. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, you know, you, you and I at the time, we couldn't afford to live in La Jolla or something like that or even, you But know. even some of those apartments there when we looked yeah, at them were not shitty. what you thought. Like La Jolla in, in that way wasn't what you thought it was like or what you see on TV. Plus it's so far away from Charger Park. Yeah, so we it were trying to stay around there. It was 35 I, minutes away and that's just with no traffic. Right. Yeah, I would say if, if there is one downside to San Diego <laughs> and all of, all, I would say all of Southern California, getting from, if, you're, if your bubble isn't, small small especially with kids like if you, have, if you have basketball and football and you know piano lessons or whatever whatever your kids are into if they're not right there in your little community and you've got to drive yeah. everywhere it sucks we drive everywhere here it's just the traffic but everything is the, here is the, 15 minutes away well, kind of i mean where do we go every day? three days a week not 15 minutes away but we don't sit in traffic i think that's the difference yeah but think you about know? think about going from our place in Edina to, to Orno mm-hmm. or Ames Rides. Mm-hmm. Think about that mileage of distance and now put that mileage in San Diego. It might take you That's what an I'm saying. It's because of traffic. That, but here yeah. we don't have the traffic. So it doesn't, we still go, f- seems like way down the road for kid things. Yeah. But it doesn't take as long. But that's kind of an outlier though. Everything else is really close. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Enough about that. I liked it there. I'd go back. End of yeah. story. And I would I would urge everybody to go to San Diego. Yeah. Everyone move there. <laughs> everybody, everybody goes everybody go to San Diego, it's, at least to yeah. visit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you someone who deals with chronic soreness? Maybe it's sore and achy joints from an old injury, or you're an active person who pushes their bodies, or maybe it's age-related arthritis. Whatever the cause, I have the solution for you. It's called IASO. I A. SO and it's a revolutionary therapy device that uses 100-year-old scientifically proven 
cold laser technology. This South Korean wonder device is the only cold laser device that can be used at home and hands-free. Most of the time you have to go to some sort of hospital or clinic to get this type of treatment because of the size of the machine. But Iaso has engineered this potent light therapy into a device that fits into the palm of your hand. I use my devices all the time on my arthritic knee and my bulging disc in my neck with relieving results. And guess what? It's all done pain-free. Go to wellscare.net or bestbuy.com. That's wellscare.net or bestbuy.com to purchase and start enjoying your life pain-free with Iaso. Okay, so Rob Nelson. Most intense teammate. Ooh. And then the follow-up is the funniest teammate. Okay, most, both of those? most intense teammate is, is and was Junior Seau. Intensity on a whole nother level. I can't even explain to you the, the intensity level. I don't know how he did it for so long. He and and he did it not only at practice but in his personal life. And you know that too, Abs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It would be let's get together for dinner, and we go to dinner, and then next thing you know, it's let's midnight or it's one o'clock, and, and then he's at uh, the workout gym at five a.m. hitting yeah. the weights, and he did mm-hmm. that every day, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his intensity level, his energy, his enthusiasm for everything was just off the charts. Yeah, it wasn't intense in a bad way. No, it was no. not intense in a way. You were going to say way. that. Like, I don't, this question could be like intense taken that way, but he wasn't that way. He was just intense. Like, he lived his life. Yeah. Fully. Yes. Yes. He did. Every, yeah. I would say, I would say from like a focused mm-hmm. football intensity, he was that way, but also Rodney Harrison was was and is that way. And I think that sort of comes out on TV too. He's just an intense, he's an intense guy. Right. So in practice, he was this intense. Like you did not want to mess up around Rodney because he would let you know it. And he was like <laughs> always intense. Uh, funniest guy is Fred Smoot. Hands down, Fred Smoot. Got, I, I got <laughs> here in 2006 to Minnesota. I've never met a funnier individual. I almost that, forgot about his name. So that's kind of funny to me to hear you say that. He had a joke and a line for everything. Everything. And he was always talking. He was always involved in everybody's conversations. He was always ripping on somebody. What practices were, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in just practices because of Fred. But was it annoying? It was like, it was just funny. It was was just funny. He just, he's just one of those guys that he just is comedically funny. Right. It's sort of like everything Like some people just have that knack of, you know, the delivery or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easily Fred Smoot. Okay. That's funny to know that. Uh, Andy Adams is asking work slash life balance as an NFL player and now is what it says. Just what is mm. your thought on all that? I guess. I think it's, um, you know this. I certainly don't have all the answers when it comes to work-life balance. Oh my God, you guys. Um, <laughs> you and I have many uh, discussions about that mm, yeah. and I'm not always on the, uh, it's not always a good discussion, and most of the time I'm getting yelled at for my lack of communication when it comes to scheduling things. Um, oh, really? Because the calendar's not just yours? <laughs> so, you don't have to discuss it. Just keep going. I don't care if we discuss it or no, not. I would just say, I would say work-life balance, I'm not even sure I have. I'm not sure that I can talk to it because I certainly don't feel like I do a great job with it. 
during the football season, I think. I was going to say the football season, it's always been that way, though. So this isn't anything different for us necessarily in that you have a season of your job. And so um, you're definitely able to be more balanced and more thoughtful about your time when it's not the football season. But that's the way it's always been. That's the way I knew you in college. That's the way I've known you mm-hmm. as a player. That's the way I know you now. So for me, that's not really, I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. So. I think that's a good segue into, I don't know who, I kind of want to give this person yeah. credit. I think it was an Instagram question. Okay, Somebody was asking about, um, I think it was more directed towards you. <laughs> the what keeps the fire in your relationship? <laughs> we're not answering. Uh. What was it? No, I think it. it's more about, like, from your perspective, what was it like? What was it like dating? I think I think the question was, like, what was it like dating or, oh, and or marrying yeah. Abby, somebody that's a professional athlete? It looks like Allison Marie, 30. Abby, was it hard to date, marry someone in a professional sport? No. Not in my, not in my, I'm sure it is hard for people, but it wasn't in my situation because we met when we were in college. And so... We, we sort of grew into this thing together. It wasn't like we, um, I met you later on or during your actual NFL career, which we have, I've said before, that, that would be really hard, I think, if you met somebody as an athlete and we're like trying to figure that out. Or I don't know, there's so much too now with social media and the girls and the access to things. And that just wasn't, first of all, that wasn't you. But secondly, that wasn't even what, we didn't even have, phones I think that really took pictures think about that like that's how Mm-mm. old it seems like we are when we look back on that like we had a I had a camera like not a phone that took pictures that's so weird to me to think about that now so um I don't really think it was hard but I also really am a not, I don't I'm not a would you say I'm a clingy person no like needy no so I enjoyed it when you went to camp yeah I know you did for like three weeks or whatever. I liked it. It was my time it, and I always liked it. I never didn't like it. And then I, I, you know, by the end of the football season, I was sick of it. Uh, you were sick of it. We were over just like, you know, you were kind of over even being with the same people every day, day in and day out. I was tired of even hearing about football or going to games or whatever. You just kind of get like that. And at the end of the season, then you sort of reconnect and sort of, I don't know, not reconnect. That's, that sounds like we didn't hang out or we weren't really married or whatever. But I mean, you just sort of like step away from it. I don't know. It just wasn't hard for me. And, yeah. and I wasn't ever really threatened by anybody except that one girl one time. I feel like her name even was like, what was her name? It's like, remember that girl that like, who? We were in Kansas. <laughs> we don't have to, we have to delete this part. But um, No, but I'm curious. Yeah. Who. Remember, God, what was her name? Mavery. Her name was Mavery. Yeah, but and she like slid a, in next to me at the table and she was like tr- like trying to talk to you and whatever and she looks at me and she she goes, "Who are you?" Remember that's this? right. And I was like, "I'm his wife. Who are you? Go. Get out of here." So we didn't really have a lot of that stuff, but that yeah. one particular time I was like, "Oh, oh my god, god, I completely Ooh, her forgot." Her name was Maverick. I remember it still. About that. Yes. Delete. Yeah. Delete, delete, delete this. But no, anyway, I, remember yeah. that? You bring up a good point. I think that in this day and age, it would be a lot harder. Totally. Because there's so much connectivity between fans and players. And people can like send each other pictures in a way. We don't, yeah. we, people weren't really doing that then. You know, I just feel like there would be a lot of uh, outside distractions, distractions mm-hmm. maybe if you were with an athlete. And 
today's world. But back then it was like you, I, you know, my friends had to talk me into dating you in college because I didn't like that you played football. Mm -hmm. I thought that was weird. Like I was like, I never pictured myself dating an athlete. Like why would I want to date a football player? So I had to get talked into it. And then we just sort of went from there. So no, it wasn't hard to date or marry you. It just was what we did. Yeah. No, I think that helped that it was, it was sort of, the NFL was just an extension of college and, mm-hmm. you know, because it's the yeah. same season and it's the same sort of routine and you kind of understand that it's... Um, well, and we didn't jump into having kids right away. Oh my gosh. So that, that was That nice. was the best decision I think we've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry, kids. No, it's terrible mm-hmm. to say, but I think that at that point in time in our lives, like I said earlier, we were just sort of thrown to the wolves in San Diego. You know, you get drafted by a team which you have no control over. Right. And I was on a plane the next Wednesday. I got drafted on a Saturday, and I was on a plane to San Diego the next Wednesday. And all of a sudden, you sign a contract, and you're a professional athlete. And it's like, boom. Well, yeah, like we didn't all, really everything. have any outside distractions. You also aren't from a crazy family. Yeah. I I don't think I'm from a crazy family. Like, we didn't have those things. We didn't have kids young. You know, we kind nice of got to be, to be in, selfish in a way, yeah. like, just do what we wanted to do and figure it out before we had kids or whatever. I don't know. But people that probably have kids right away think like that's great too. Well, it's I know, just you, the way we yeah. need You don't it know. To go. I guess, that, yeah, that's the, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You don't know um, what life is like. Because our kids don't know football. You as a football no. player. Yeah, that is the one. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of a downside, but kind of not either. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that they don't have this identity that they're stuck with that right. dad was a football player or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that part, there's an expectation or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to be in San Diego, just you and I, just selfishly I doing what we wanted to do. Nice. You know? I know. One day. One day. One day we'll do that. You know, I was, I, I was going to share this story when you were talking about the phones and all that other stuff. I remember walking in the locker room. I think this is my third year in the league in San Diego. And some of the younger guys were <clears throat> buried in the lockers just texting people. And texting was new. <laughs> and I was like, what are you guys like, doing? And they're like, that? oh, we're just... We're, texting so-and-so. Or That's we're, when we're, you had probably the button that yeah. was like A, B, yeah. C, one, two, three, yeah. whatever. And I remember being the, at the Funny. time, I guess the old guy like, why don't you guys just call them instead of waiting around for a text? And they're like, yeah, that's not what you do though. Yeah. I'm like what? And now all we do is text. But that's really dating ourselves. Speaking of phones, will you tell anybody what you called, not you called it, but what the players in your, hopefully you didn't have one of these. I never what, had one of those. What the players in your locker room or what the word term was back then is probably not this now because, my God, like, again, it's how what, many PC? years later? No. Well, yeah, it was Because bad. of PC? If you, well, PC that, issues? but also, like, there's got to be a better, oh, there's be a better term. term. I'm sure yeah. there's something that they would say now. I yeah. mean, so I'm what just... you're referring to is a hoe phone. <laughs> this is for Suzette. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll love yeah. the definition so, of this. So, guys, some guys had two phones. They had just their personal <laughs> phone that their significant other or their wife or whatever Gosh. would get a hold of them. And then they had a secret hoe phone. And the hoe phone was obviously just what it was. It was just for the hoes. It's terrible. And so, you know, guys would joke around, you know, their phone to ring or they get a text and they're like, they have to look at two different phones because <sighs> they don't know if it's a hoe phone or whatever. And then you get the stories of the guys that get their hoe phones and their real phones mixed up. I was and, saying, I don't think you're organized oh, enough to be able no. to manage that. No. So I always no. kind of knew that, that you didn't have one. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay, that was funny. I, that always makes me laugh when I think of that. Um, what? Let's go back to some questions, shall we? Yes, we shall. Um, can we, what should we go? Let me, can I ask a, a kid question? Yes. Okay, this one says, this is from XU. 
I don't know. There's no name here. L-O-K-1739. Why did you choose the name Ames for your daughter? Then let me ask you why you chose the name. Because, <laughs> yes, I agreed with the name Ames. So so for clarity, Ames is our 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. Our firstborn. And we could not decide on a name. And I'll let you take it. Well, we could. We had a na- pool well, of names, had, as people do. But. Yeah, we had some names. Mm-hmm. But ultimately... Why did we decide Ames? This is more well, of a question we had, for you. We were down to two names. If we're gonna, is that what the story yeah. you can tell? Between Penny mm-hmm. and Ames. Correct. Um, Penny, I don't really know why. We just liked it. If that was cute, yeah, we could be Penny, a really cute yeah. name. Back, I mean, there's more of them now. I, I think suppose. we did. I think we sort of like Penelope, but we didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Penny just seemed cute. Penny seemed cuter. Penny Lieber, it's cute. Um. And then Ames was the name of a decorator, or is the name. I'm sure she probably still is a decorator, but she was on like a cover of maybe um, um, Coastal Living or one of those things, and it was laying on our um, table at our house. And I was like, Ames, that's so cute. And the funny thing is is that I grew up in a small town down the road from an Ames, Kansas, and never ever in my whole life considered that as a name. And uh, we both obviously knew the Ames, Iowa existed. And I never thought about it until I saw it written out on this magazine or whatever. So when it came down to it, though, we chose Ames over Penny because we were worried that if she wasn't, like if she turned out to look like you, meaning not that you're not cute, but like just a big, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, Asian baby named yeah. Penny. She like she didn't really, what three. if she didn't live up to the name? Like what if the cute name just wasn't really... It was more like Penny. Yeah. And so I think we just chose Ames because it felt like it could go any direction. It could be her however she was. But Penny just seemed like a little, I had a vision of what a Penny looked like. And if she didn't meet that vision in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) If if Ames ended up being a wildebeest. Yeah. Then then Penny Penny would have been weird. I don't know. But now looking back on it, she could have been either one. But she is definitely an Ames. Yeah. I think, yeah. She's definitely an Ames now. Yeah, she's not she's not built like me, so she could have no. been a penny. <laughs> although How funny, if yeah, like although if she, now though, I just don't see it even working. Penny, I, yeah, you maybe not now. I you grow into your name, so it's yeah, but mm-hmm. but I think as she gets older, Aunt Penny right. is cuter. <laughs> Hold on, Gra- I do. Grandma yeah, that's penny. cute. I remember. Well, we call her Amesy. She could be Grandma. I don't even know. Her as a grandma is weird, but I do remember a, a hilarious time that we were playing with spelling of penny we were like p-e-n-n-y p-e-n-n-i-e what if it's just p-e-n-i and i go no we can't have it be that what if it's what if you wrote penny's shoes and the apostrophe wasn't there right what no yeah (laughs) yeah so anyway yeah you aims just was safer all around it was safer yeah so that's yeah that's That's how how we we came up with aims Mm -hmm. um we do tell people all the time, though, it's not because of Ames, Iowa, that we named her that. Yeah. People ask well, that like, again, you know. I guess Being since from we, this area. Yeah, we, since we live in this area and we did have her in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. there's that that yeah. uh, instant connection. Of like, oh, you guys go to Iowa State? No, we hated Iowa State. <laughs> um, what is this? Let's see. Okay, hold on. Well, I'm going to ask this Jake one. Jake asked... What's your favorite thing about the cabin? About My the cabin. favorite thing about a cabin. We bought a cabin a year and a half ago. 
Is it coming on three? Is July three years? It might be. Yeah. No. 2020? Did I buy it then? No, it'll be two years in July. Yeah, it'll be two years in July. Um, The thing I like about it is, yes, it's right on the lake. And I love the location where we are on the lake. Um, I love the fireplace. And I don't know. I just like the, the, the setup of the cabin, which we really lucked into. It's less than an hour from our home in Edina, but it feels like you're out and about. It feels like you're yeah. much further away from the metro than we are. Maybe so. I don't know. It's a simple little thing. So that's what's good about it, I think. Right? Yeah. It's not you? a lot to take care of. What do, you, what do you like most about it? Mm, I liked decorating it. I liked sort of renovating it. Um, I would say I don't know if I love it yet, if I can be honest. Not because I just don't know if I'm a cabin person yet. Like, we haven't had it long enough. We didn't grow up like this. We didn't. I think it was one of those things we did it kind of like everybody at the time when it was it seemed really like... Um, like, we weren't doing anything else. It was during all that COVID crap, you know, when we were all sort of locked down. And um, But now that our lives are back to what kids are in sports and this, that, and the other, it feels like something we don't use, like I we could have used or should have used. Or had we had it, had we bought it the year prior going into COVID, it would have been great. Yeah, it would have been awesome. And it wasn't in a way that we could have used it in the state that it was in when we bought it because it was utterly disgusting. It was pretty gross. There's no way I would have stayed in there. Not for no, one single night. Not for, no. Nope, 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 nope. Gross. Yeah. So I like it. And I think it's cute. I think it's a lot of fun. In theory, I think it's um, sort of like storybook, but it's just a lot of work. I'll say that to you. Every time I go out there, I'm like, oh, I just need like a day to get it put together so I don't really enjoy it. It's a rat race right now. Maybe it's yeah. too close. I actually might be too close. You don't you you ha, you can come yeah, and go. But that's what everybody says about their their I know their cabins or their you know s- little lake homes mm-hmm. or whatever they have is that it's it does seem like a lot of work all the time. Yeah, it does. But I mean, I do like it. I think we just need some more time. We'll yeah. Love it. Well, the thing is, we need to start. All we've known is construction and right. cleaning and you know sprucing. We should and probably whatever. stay there. And we have. Oh, really, and we had mice, so we couldn't yeah, stay we there. Had the Not mice a chance issue. in hell I was staying there with mice running around that place. So. Yeah. Once it got all cute and whatever and put together then all of a sudden we had like a right family living in there right so we've spent what three nights there yeah sometimes <laughs> uh okay next what is this andy larson says years ago you pulled what is this zach halverson aside and made something clear that's in quotes what was that about um, I debated about putting this one on the piece uh, yeah. of paper and I thought, I'm you know, nervous about the answer here and it's not a big deal. And I hope, I hope Zach does not mind that. And for everybody that's not familiar with who Zach Halverson is, uh, he's one of our, one of our, um, super special, I'll call him producers, I guess, for our morning show here in the twin cities on KFA and radio, the power trip radio show, uh, every morning. And, um, He's done an outstanding job sort of going from intern to kind of his position now. But when he started, and I barely knew Zach at the time, I would say two years ago, maybe three years ago. Gosh, it could have been even longer than that. Um, We 
got into, I, I forget even what the topic was about on the radio station. I'd voiced my opinion, which at times I can have strong opinions. And somebody started coming after me on Twitter. And so I responded on Twitter and then Zach chimes in with something about me being an arrogant guy that whatever. Like I don't even know the story. Yeah. I don't think you even know the story. No. No. Okay. So he took the position as as the critic did and basically slammed me for having this um, sort of highbrow opinion of somebody or the situation, right? And so I didn't I don't think that I said anything back to him on Twitter, but it pissed me off because you don't know me. You don't know me at all, Zach. Like if you wanna come after me on you wanna work with me and then you're gonna come after me on Twitter then we're going to have a discussion. So the next time I saw him, I just asked him to politely step out in the hallway. And I said, listen, man, um, regarding the, the Twitter issue, I don't know what you meant by that, but we don't know each other like that. If you, and, and I think he was claiming that he was trying to be sarcastic, mm-hmm. but you can't do that on Twitter because there's no sarcasm button or right. whatever. And I basically said, until we know each other, until you and I are boys, Let's keep that shit on the down low. I did not know this. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I learned I'm not, something today. I said, I'm not, we're not getting, we're not, uh, we don't have, I go, you and I do not have this relationship to banter back and forth on Twitter. Um, and especially for you trying to call me out. So you can have your opinions. And because we work together, I'd, I'd appreciate it if we keep your opinions between you and I and not blast out on Twitter. Now, how is it now? It's great. Yeah. We have no issues. Right. No, I, I love the guy. Like, I, I mean, and, I mean, I don't even care even looking back at this point, like, was it, and that's the thing, I've kind of forgotten all the specifics, but that's the the gist of it. Um, I don't know, maybe I overreacted, you know, and I, and I think partially he was, he was right, you know, like I probably had an opinion that was just sort of maybe an asshole opinion, but for him to come after me on Twitter when we don't even know each other and we work, we work in well, the same yeah, room, just I just thought it was it. a little aggressive on his part. Right. And so I just let him know, like, I was not happy with you. And, and, um, he can certainly do that now. I mean, we're, we're boys enough and we know each other now that if he, if he came after me on Twitter and said like, Hey dude, you're out of line or something. Like I wouldn't take offense to it. I'd be like, all right. Zach, so how would this Andy Larson know that? I think though? that we, I think that we've alluded to it on other on power trip after party oh, podcasts, but okay. we've never actually gone into this specifics. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't know that, but I didn't know how this Andy would know either, but yeah. Okay. So that's it. Um, yeah. Good you, job. Got, you got another question for me? We're kind of, I think we're, I think we've bored enough people. Hold on. We, I do have some good ones. We don't have to ask all the questions. I know. Okay. But what about, what about what keeps the fire in your relationship? Just kidding. You're not answering that. So um, what about, why did we stay in Minnesota? That's I know. Cause Instagram all we did was one. gush about San Diego. Didn't yeah, we? I know. We're like, oh my gosh, just, everything's great about San uh-huh. Diego. Um, I think for me, and this is where you and I have di- differed, uh, I think two things. A, it was easy. It was an easy transition for me out of the NFL into a job working at the radio station and kind of doing this broadcasting thing. The Vikings were really good with me about, you know, getting me on fan line and doing other things in studio and letting me sort of cut my teeth in the, in the media side of things. And so I had opportunity. And so I thought personally in the best for the family was go where I have a job and I have an opportunity where I can actually learn the craft. 
Um, and so I wanted to stay in the market. And then plus the other part of it, you and I, I think somewhat come to terms on a little bit of the difficulty of raising kids out in Southern California, which we didn't, we only knew for what, six years. Right. Um, living there kind of part-time even after we were up here in Minnesota. Um, I just felt like being in the Midwest, it was a little more familiar to us. We're closer to family. You love the winters. <laughs> Such outdoor, yeah, doorsy, right. wintry people. I think that's it. I yeah. think it was just, it was just an easier It was just deal. easy, basically. Easy? Basically, we were lazy, and we just didn't figure it out past this, right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of, that's kind of really the answer. Yeah. And I do, easy. and I do agree that, and, and kind of, because at the time the Chargers were still in San Diego, and I know one of your arguments was, well, you still have connections there; you could work at. But it's know, a good thing looking back because know, you would have ended up back, in LA, and I wouldn't have wanted to live in LA. I know. I, I mean, we would have, wouldn't have lived in LA probably, but still, no. yeah. Okay, but wait, I have some. I like these questions over here. Can I ask one from Leah? Yeah, Leah Plug. Yep. Say it like that. How did your daughter get into show jumping? Ah, so our daughter, our 13-year-old Ames, not there, Penny. This is an outside of football question. Yeah, um, yeah, is a, I would say, competitive equestrian hunter-jumper. She's now just a jumper. Um, I don't know, Abs, this is your, this is your wheelhouse. You take it from I would, No, I'm I want to hear sure. your answer of how she I'm not even, even sure got... how she got involved. All I know is <laughs> it went from you love horses and you love all things animals. Um, I think there's a part of it where you wanted this for her in the beginning because you never had a chance to ride horses. That is not what I said. No. Well, well, I mean, yes, I didn't, but I never, I don't think but, I asked to even get, when I was little. But getting her involved in the camps and all that stuff is all the stuff right. that I think that you wish that you kind of had more yeah, experience maybe. with growing up. Uh, yeah. I so don't I think, think that it was all conscious, started happened but organically. Yeah. yeah. She kept, well, she kept asking. About, about horses, horses and, and camps yeah, and just whatever. animals and whatever. She did every animal camp there seemed like there was to do. And she still does love animals. I mean, she still volunteers at a farm. So, you know, it's, I think, in her innately, sort of. But, um, she, yeah, she just started out with lessons and then turned into wanting to do more. And so when you want to do more, you, you leave behind the little lessons and you go figure it out from there. And you have to go to a show barn to to do that so yeah there was a lot of pushback from you yeah i know <laughs> like what is this this isn't a sport that's what I you know. would say i'm like wait we're spending all this Where time all and the money horse on, people an out there? on just a activity he, it is a sport come on yes it is yeah there's a lot of time involved yes and a there's lot, a of, lot of time involved. involved and it's a hard place to do that sport because it's we don't have nice weather weather year round like other places do so we're really probably not in the best state for it in my opinion but Anyway, she loves it. Yeah. And she doesn't have a, um, could we say this about Ames? She doesn't really have a, she, this could change. She's only 13, but she doesn't really have a fear. She's not fear, what would you say? She's not like a, a kid that has no fear of anything and would jump off of a building if you told her to, but she just sort of is very coachable and doesn't have like um, a fear of maybe getting hurt or I don't really know, yeah. or if how big and strong the animal is. It's, it's not that she's dumb. I don't mean it like that. It's just that that just doesn't sort of bother her. Like she hasn't gotten to that point yet where she's nervous about it or whatever. So it serves her well. But I also think that that is the benefit of starting her young and sort of baby steps that right. she, you know, as every young 
writer would do. They start on a pony, which is just cute, and you can't believe you're actually putting a kid on top of this little thing. And I think it's just kind of progressed from there. But yeah, yeah I think her mentality is she's not, she's not a crazy. She could never be a jackass character. Um, but she is a little bit of a daredevil in the fact that she's not afraid to jump off a cliff. I know. I just asked her about the Bahamas the other day and I asked her if she wanted to go that blue hole and jump in to it. I think it's 20 feet. She's like, yeah, it's like nothing. And I'm like, huh, what? Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'll take a video of you guys, but I'm not going to. Yeah. 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 But now she's, you know, she's taking jumps on a huge horse that I, I wouldn't even want to sit on. (laughs) (laughs) No, <laughs> but to answer that lady's question, I think it's no different than anything else. It's these kids that play hockey; they start at such a young age. Mm-hmm. It just start off as yeah, it was a camp, and it was kind of cool, and it was cute, and then it was like, oh, let's do another camp, and oh, hey, there's a barn that you can actually learn how to ride a horse if you ever want to learn how to ride. And they and then put she it, was like, and then can I compete? And I'm like, yeah, uh, and they're like, oh, well, well we're if at you the wrong one, yeah, for that, so we've got to go somewhere else. But yeah, yeah. that's how I think it happened. Yeah. Um. Well, here's why should we visit Harbor Island? Oh, what yeah. What do you want to tell them about Harbor Island? What's up for you? Yeah. Brian, who says this? Brian or Bryant? Brian T. Lundahl or Bryant Lundahl? I don't know. Yeah. Ask that. Yeah. So I think it's I've probably- I've never talked about that before. People that follow both you and I on, especially on Instagram, know that, and even listen to me on the radio station, that we, every year, the background is we, you and I were going to have a destination wedding. We were going to get married away. Right. And- Harbor Island or the Bahamas was one of the places that we talked about getting married. And you scouted the trip out back in what well, we got. We got married in 2003. So it's 2002. Yeah. I believe you yeah. went out there with your mom and a friend and one of your mom's friends. And you scouted out Harbor Island because you'd heard about this place and whatever. <clears throat> and um, very much off the beaten path. An out, out island of the Bahamas. And you got there and had a horrible time because it was raining and it was ugly, and he just didn't see how it was going to make it work. But then, so we got married in San Diego, but then we went back uh, after our wedding in 2003. Yeah. We have been going back every year since, except for the one pandemic year. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it was a terrible trip to start, and it was. We were trying to figure out every way to get off the island, but at the time, there were very limited flights and whatever. And then when I got home, every like article and every like travel magazine was written about the place. And I was like, what the hell? That is not what I saw. That That's not at all what I saw. But I feel like I should go back. I feel like I didn't give it a good shot or I don't know. Was I there at the wrong time? So we went back and then we've loved it ever since. And I don't think you have to go to Harbor Island necessarily. But I think the Bahamas is worth just giving the Bahamas a try. Because I think other islands are just as charming in their own way. Nassau maybe wouldn't be my favorite place if you're going to go to the Bahamas, but right. just because it's too big, but um, or too city-like. The yeah, charm too, of the Bahamas and urban, the, the yeah. part that we love about Harbor Island is that it is little and cute and sort of you just get away. And that's why we started going there. It was because it was right after the football season. We would go there to literally leave the season behind and know nobody and lay on the beach. Yeah. No, that is, that is yeah, that's 100%. Mm-hmm. The reason why we we thought it was great was the season is a hundred miles an hour and then we just wanted to get away. And the thing about Harbor Island, if anybody's out there thinking about going, you got to be prepared. There's no golf. There's no hiking. Nope. There's no casino. There's no crazy, you know, activities to do. It really is just, you go on the beach, which is a pink sand beach and you won't believe it until you see it. 
It's only about, what, a few, what, seven pink sand beaches in the world or something like that? I don't know. Um, he might be making this <clears> up, you guys. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's a beautiful island and beautiful and nice Bahamian people. water and great people. And great food now, great hotels. Yeah. It is totally not what it was when I first went yeah. there. It's definitely been built up into a really um, beautiful place to visit. And it was beautiful in its own way. There's a lot of history there, whatever. I just didn't see it when it was raining the whole time. So yeah. I, um, But now our kids love it so much that we. I don't think we can ever not go back but it's but in a large in a lot of sense it's anti-corporate vacation yeah there's not a marriott there's no not a ritz there's not a starbucks there's not a yeah you drive a golf cart yeah you or i mean there's not a hotel feet. that's more than two stories tall yeah right i mean there's not a it's the cutest place. there's not a building i think if you're thinking about going tall. you should go yeah you should check it out um okay hold on okay let's wrap this thing okay. up okay yep 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 um, but we'll hold on. Hold on. Here is a question from my friend Mary Shang. Okay. Okay. She said, and I think this is a good question. Can you draw any analogies between your football days and your days today raising kids? Whoa. Wow. Then she asked, how did you score such an amazing wife? And also, what do you plan to buy your wife for your next anniversary? Those <laughs> <laughs> Um, Love you, Mary. Um, thanks for getting him thinking about it. It is isn't Yeah. Much. Okay. Um, in okay. reverse order, I don't no, know. No, you don't have to. Answer. I don't know what I'm going to get you for our next anniversary. I'll just buy it myself. It's fine. I know. That is coming up next month. Um, um, so anything that I can take away. Well, how did I find you? I got so lucky. The stars aligned. Right. And, right. You know, there was, Correct. there was a parting in the skies and somehow you were delivered on a Carpet made of clouds and unicorns. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But so her, her question is good. Thing that I can take away from my football experience into parenting? Yeah. Oh, Like man. between your football days and your days today, raising Yeah, you probably, you, you tell me if I'm out of line with this. Okay. My first instinct to answer this question is I think playing, I would say just sports in general, maybe sports at a higher level, is... Stop with all the, stop with all the dramatic shit. You know, <laughs> what do you I, mean? I just don't, if there's one thing that I want to convey to our kids is toughen up buckaroo. Like it's, it's stop with the dramatics. Don't, uh, there's a, there's an inherent sense of, I think mental toughness that you have to have to play a sport at a higher level. And would you say that though, in regards to them playing sports no, no, or no. just, I just like think being, in, I just think in life, I just think, I think okay. giving, reinforcing this idea of having mental toughness is important for kids. And I think, and I think it's sort of lost. I don't think that we challenge our kids enough. I don't think that we put our, we make our kids struggle enough. Um, I'm saying in general, not just ours. I'm just saying in general. Um, and God, I think what we just, we're so soft with them. Well, like, so soft well, could life. you tell them even the story right now? Our kids are not like our boys are not liking this baseball thing that they do because the coach they say yells, which yeah. isn't them the coach yelling at them, even. It's that he has to yell because he's yelling over a bunch of kids in this thing, and they are all like so ultra sensitive when it comes to a coach yelling. And the coach isn't yelling because he's mad; it's just the coach is yelling to get it to be heard. Yeah, and no. that's we're we're trying to be like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. 
And I, and I think, and I'm very fortunate that you, I feel like you're in the same sort of mindset that you don't mind me parenting tough like that because you're kind of the same way. Like it'd be really hard if well, we're really very hard sarcastic if, in our house. So they've got to be able to handle that. Yeah. I would say, but, but I think that it'd be really hard if I had this approach and you were much more of a softer, compassionate, sensitive. Oh, but their feelings are hurt. You're also, okay, you're also I'm sort sure of, I have said that. Well, I'm sure that you've had to keep me in check at times, but you're also. Why are you making it seem like you're so mean? I'm not mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, no. I still love to be fun and funny and like, and jokey, but I, but when they come to me with like, cause even Ames a couple weeks ago with, with their volleyball situation, their volleyball coach was yelling at the team in general, huddled the kids up, all the girls. And we're like, Hey, we're disappointed in this, that, and the other. And she got in the car and she was like, oh my gosh, we all got yelled at. And I'm like, I feel so bad. I'm like, well, was she yelling at you? Well, no, not specifically. Well, so she, okay, so what's the issue then? And then she told me, I'm like, well, check yourself. Do you feel like you were the one that wasn't giving effort? Well, no. Do you feel like you were the one that wasn't paying attention to disrespecting her time? Well, no. Well, then what's the big deal? Right. Well, I just didn't like that she was yelling at all of us. I go, are you serious right now? Like the... (laughs) Like coaches yeah. are going to yell. You have to get used to that. I've definitely though taken that away. I feel like in a in the, in a lot of sports. I mean, not that taking that away. I just feel like that most coaches are unable to really like. Oh, I know. Coach. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean it in a mean way or yelling no. at them in a mean way. It just does. It does feel like that's yeah. But that's just that's how it is today. Yeah. So Mary, thank you for your question. Um, I'm not trying to come off like an asshole. <laughs> But I just think you think that... she said it. She asked you that to set you up. No. Well, um, no, obviously. I have one more question for my friend Carrie. Okay. Who's wondering? <laughs> it's worded like this. It says, "Like, when can your wife get a donkey?" Like, when can your wife get a donkey? <laughs> well, well, when like you buy a whenever, farm. Yeah. I guess. Well, whenever we get a hobby farm and move out to the country. Okay. Yeah, that's Which, Carrie. I don't know I when know. that's gonna happen, but. You will come over, Carrie, and see it when it does. I know. Back to the donkeys. That's my favorite animal. So I know. If you're wondering why I would want one. Okay. I think we pretty much got all these. I think we covered, covered. it. Um, you did Abs, it, Ben. Thanks so much for sitting down and being the co-host and hosting this AMA. Mm-hmm. Which I had to explain what AMA was um, on Inst- uh, when you wrote that on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe you know, you'd know. have had more questions if people weren't. Knew what the I AMA know. Well, was. I just thought that uh, I thought in this day and age, people are. It's kind of like Bogo. If you go to the ro- grocery store and you see <laughs> Bogo deal, you know what that is. Yeah, you know that you're gonna buy. This get was one. a Bogo deal. This was a Bogo deal because yeah, yeah they got, here they got I you. am. They got you as well. Here so I am. okay, maybe I wasn't clear what AMA, AMA was. Ask me anything, uh, but I thought the question box sort of gave that away. Yeah. But um, thanks, babe. Yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody later. Bye. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Unrestricted. I do want to thank my wife, Abby, for coming in and uh, sitting down in front of the microphone and just chit-chatting and asking all of your guys' great questions. So uh, thanks, Abby. I appreciate that. And thank you guys. Seriously, thank you guys so much. I like to do these AMAs you know, maybe you know twice a year. I did one last year. I should probably do another one as the football season approaches, maybe in five or six months. 
uh, just to change things up. But I enjoy hearing from you guys. I enjoy the dialogue and conversing with the fans on both Twitter and Instagram. So thank you guys so much for that. I also want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank Redmond Real Salt. Go to redmond.life. Use that promo code LIBER for 15% off of your order for all the products at redmond.life. I also want to thank Wells Care and their IASO device, I-A-S-O, for all of your bumps, bruises, anything that ails you. Their cold laser therapy device is the world's only at-home, hands-free cold laser therapy device. Go to wellscare.net or go to bestbuy.com. Go up to the search function, type in I-A-S-O for your IASO device. I also want to thank my audio guy, Dave Yeager. Thank you guys, and thank you so much uh, for everything. And, uh, and that'll be it. Thanks, everyone, for subscribing, for listening, for passing along this podcast to everybody on the Spotify, iHeart, and Apple podcast platform. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye.